from Common Good Iowa, this is A Deeper Dive, the Iowa Policy Podcast. I'm Ann Disher with Common Good Iowa. Today on the podcast, tax cuts. There are several bills alive at the legislature that would cut state taxes, different types in different ways. And those cuts would have very real harms on Iowa's ability to meet the needs of our communities. We at Common Good Iowa would have deep concerns about these bills in any session, but this year there's an added wrinkle that should worry anyone who cares about our public schools, air and water, and public health. The American Rescue Plan, signed last month by President Biden, provides aid to state and local governments. The state of Iowa is slated to receive $1.38 billion, but there are guardrails in the bill to make sure that states invest those federal dollars in the families, businesses, and communities most harmed by COVID-19. So here's the guardrail. If a state chooses to make net tax cuts, and states can still make them, the American Rescue Plan doesn't prohibit it, but if it makes them, it must return the equivalent amount of federal aid dollar for dollar, essentially doubling the cost of those cuts. I'm here today with Common Good Iowa's green, eye-shaded tax experts, Peter Fisher and Mike Owen. We're going to break down the issues and where things stand right now at the Capitol. Peter and Mike, welcome. Thanks for joining me to talk about this issue that has consumed us for the last couple of months. Um, I guess I want to start with just some stage setting when we're, what kinds of tax cuts are in front of legislators this year? What are the kind of buckets of tax cuts that are in these various pieces of legislation? There's three kinds of tax cuts we're looking at. Uh, one are, there are actually three, at least three bills that are still alive. And there's some common components to these bills. One is uh, eliminating or phasing out the state inheritance tax. Another is accelerating some income tax cuts that were passed in 2018 uh, that weren't scheduled to take effect for another year or two. They want to make happen sooner. And the third area is, is two proposals, consists of two proposals that would uh, affect local property taxes, one having to do with mental health funding, eliminating the county property tax for that, and the other uh, having to do with ending reimbursement of localities, the so-called backfill for property tax changes made earlier. And and what's the stated reasons why some lawmakers are pushing these tax cuts? Well, it's been a philosophical drive for many years in Iowa to simply cut taxes. It's this is not unique to Iowa. It's happening in many states. It's driven by some organizations that that is their mission. And uh, there are many politicians in Iowa who buy into that. And they, it's an easy thing to promote. I'm going to cut your taxes. What never gets answered on the other end is, how am I going to provide the services that you've been expecting for all this time? Whether it's in education or in human services or providing clean water, or assuring that you know law enforcement can do what it needs to do, and our corrections staff is secure and supported. There's so many things that our taxes pay for. 
and the drive on one end to simply reduce taxes is missing that other end of the equation. And that effectively is what a budget is all about. It's taxing and spending to come up with a, a package of things that we do together to make our state more beneficial to the widest number of people. And especially to help people who can't do it on their own. Well, and actually that would be, I'd love to sort of tease out a little bit the scope of these these tax cuts because it's really, it, it's significant. And, you know, when I think about our work on, on taxes and it's not that we have some, it's, it really isn't this philosophical drive to make government big for the sake of big government to use, you know, the wrong kind of framing, frankly. Um, it is because of the the services that that those taxes help pay for. And I would love if you could help us sort of understand a little bit the scale of the cuts um, that are being talked about and what that means on the service side. Well, in two of the bills alone, we have anywhere between $300 million and $600 million that will be lost over the next three years. And that has to have an impact on a budget of that every year is a, is in the neighborhood of eight billion dollars. So that's a big chunk of change to be taking out. And it's not like we're cutting some taxes here and raising them elsewhere to make sure that we're held harmless. That isn't what's going on. This is a drive to simply cut those revenues, and then hope that there'll be enough growth in the economy to uh, provide what we need. But one, one, one figure that I think we, we raised was, and I, I know Mike, it's one of your favorites to help people understand the scale of, of cuts is to, to link it to how we fund schools. And I know there's a, there's a figures running around there. Can you, can you share those we talked about earlier? In a typical year, it's about $40 million to provide, an additional 1% per pupil funding for public schools. So when you're talking about a cut of, you know, cuts that are of a greater magnitude than that. Um, but in the, let, let me, let me go back. When you're talking about a $40 million cost to, 1% additional school aid, you have to find that somewhere. And if you're going to cut the inheritance tax by that much in one year, for example, um, you're passing up that opportunity to improve schools. Well, I want to I want to take where we've gone so far with this conversation and then bring up that wrinkle that I had mentioned at the top, which of course is the American Rescue Plan. The bill provides a whole array of valuable supports for Americans. It's the stimulus payments folks have received or will be receiving. It's rental and food assistance, it's tax credits to help with the costs of raising family and raising children and and caring for children. Um, but I actually really just want to focus in on the part that's at play here related to, to tax cuts, and that's the state and local aid. Um, tell me a little bit, remind us a little bit about, about that piece of the bill and the, the limits that the federal government 
has set on how states can uh, think about revenue? Well, the American Rescue Plan Act has a provision that says states may not use these rescue funds to pay for tax cuts. That's the long and the short of it. Uh, what that means is that between March of this year and December of 2024, any net tax cuts that are caused by actions in that whole period at the state level are matched dollar for dollar by a loss of federal aid under that plan. So in the case of some of the legislation we're seeing, when you lose $300 million, as happens in one bill over that period, or almost half a billion dollars in another bill, you're going to double that impact. It comes... Those tax cuts, in other words, come at twice the cost as they otherwise would because we're going to not only have the direct loss of money from the tax cuts, but we're going to lose additional funds from the federal government to help our recovery along and help pay for some of those for, for some services. That's one of the clear impacts of this bill, and it's not being addressed very well by our state officials. Well, really, I think that's been our kind of um, siren, <laughs> our red siren emoji, right? Um, if you're if you're on Twitter, like alert, alert is is this very issue? Um, I think we've been talking about talking about it a lot, and it's been pretty interesting to see it play out and kind of hit like a hit with a thud um, when we're we're talking to legislators. Um, can you talk a little bit about the response at the Capitol to the um, no net tax cut provision of the American Rescue Plan and how it's playing out locally? Well, I've seen at least two reactions. One is, number one, if they want to acknowledge that that is an issue, they're defiant about it. It's that the federal government supposedly should not put any conditions on us like that, that they have no right to do that. It's really nonsense. Anybody who follows budgeting and federal assistance of many forms knows that there are conditions put on the use of that money. It's a, it's a very accountable and responsible thing for the federal government to do, to make sure that the funds they are providing, whether by a governmental entity or individuals or companies, that that money is used the way it's intended. I would think we would all support that kind of accountability. So the defiance over that is a little baffling. On the other hand, I've been seeing a lot of debates uh, on these tax issues where that issue is not even raised. So like there's this magical thinking out there that this isn't going to happen. It's pretty clear it's going to happen. If you make these net tax cuts, it seems pretty clear we're going to lose the same amount of money in recovery funds. And I sure would hate to look at look back a year, two, three years from now and see that there were some things that could have been done to help our economy along that the federal government was going to provide, and it's providing to other states, by the way, that we're going to just 
pass up that opportunity. And I would think that would be, quite honestly, pretty hard to defend at the polls. Thank you. And then I, I want to, there's another wrinkle here and it's a, feels like a little bit of an offshoot, but um, it's in this set of, 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 of tax cut proposals. Now we've talked about how the interaction between federal, this federal relief program and, and state funding, but there's components in, in some of these bills that um, where changes at the state level would have real impacts on our, on the local level in Iowa, on cities and, and counties and mental health funding, for example. And so maybe Peter, would you want to talk a little bit about that? The, the provisions that would um, kind of really change revenues available to local governments in Iowa? Sure. Uh, one of the provisions in one of these bills, uh, Senate file 587 is to change the way we finance mental health services at the local level. Right now, it's largely financed by a county property tax level called the Mental Health and Disability Services Levy. The bill would abolish that and replace those funds with state funding. And in the process, respond to demands on the part of certain constituencies for property tax relief. Uh, but the problem here is that a lot of people are looking askance at that proposal because they're concerned about the stability and reliability of state funding and mental health services. You're taking it out of local control, you're putting it at the mercy of state legislature and their willingness in the future to continue to fund mental health. One of the reasons for concern here is that the bill provides that the state funding can only grow at one and a half percent a year after fiscal 2025, I believe it is, which is actually below the average rate of inflation in the cost of providing state and local government services. So the bill itself, uh, in effect, mandates declines in the real level of funding of mental health in, in the future. The other cause for concern is whether is that the state is simply not a reliable source of funding for local services. And in fact, another part of this same bill reneges on a promise to reimburse localities, uh, a promise that was made in 2013. So back then the state mandated that commercial and industrial properties get a big property tax break. And they said that they would continue to pay local governments for the revenue they lost because of that business tax break. Well, now they wanna end the state reimbursement or backfill as it is caused, which means that local governments are stuck with less money to fund everything that we need at the local level. Well, obviously this has been a, you know, this has been a, a lot of our work in the last few months that the legislature has been in session to really help people understand the, the trade-offs that folks would be making with these, these bills. And I would love to end by um, just taking a moment to offer some, some advice to law, to lawmakers. Um, what, 
you know, what's the way forward here? What's the way to sort of think about tax policy and federal relief in a way that maximizes support for Iowans most impacted by the COVID economic crisis and public health crisis? I would say we could do a lot better by not rushing headlong into a big package of tax cuts that harm our ability to pay for public services as it is, but compound the problem of losing federal aid in the meantime. If there are changes that need to be made in our tax system, there are a lot more deliberate ways to do it than repealing an already very limited inheritance tax that, as limited as it is, still provides about $90 million for state services and rushing the income tax cuts that are going to happen certainly within a couple of years you know just gaining an extra year on that um, is going to come at at an extra cost of the federal money but also may not even be necessary and the federal help the federal recovery help may boost our revenues enough for those tax cuts to take effect under current law, in which case you don't lose the federal help. So I I think that they're really rushing things. Um, It's part of the consequence of having one group fully in control of all the levers and not everybody being at the table. And, um, I just think a more deliberate process would serve us well. Well, Mike and Peter, thanks for um, jumping on the line to, to talk through these really important issues and, and just trust that we'll continue to put out information on all of these um, bills and the ways you can get involved and help your lawmaker know your opinion. Um, we'll put our, the link to our website in, our, um, in the show notes for this podcast. So again, thanks so much. Talk soon.